0: Today is Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Coming up, we're talking last night's Flow Night in America race at Fairbury. What's ahead tonight? Plus, we talk about the Lernerville Lucas news, and I have some thoughts about announcers. Before we dive in, if you like what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and hit those follow and notification buttons, depending on where you consume this. Make sure to follow at Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. That's D-I-R-T-R-A-C-K-R. Don't forget, DirtTracker.com has a bunch more cool dirt racing stuff. Now let's get going. We had a little Monday night dirt late model action last night with the return of the Flow Racing at Night in America series following a summer break. They took to the Fairbury Speedway for $15,000 to win, and the show drew a very nice field of 31 cars. In the feature, Kyle Larson led the field to green, but he wasn't able to grab the early lead. Shane Clanton used the momentum on the top to pace the opening laps. Larson finally got rolling a few laps deep though, and he was able to slide Klan and take the top spot around 10 laps in. Uncharacteristically though, Larson's lead didn't last. 4 starting Garrett Alberson had his 59 car rolling and he snatched the lead from Larson just a few laps later and began to pull away. The course of the race changed though on lap 20 when McKay Wenger's 42 went up in smoke. During that same caution period, Larson went to the infield with a flat tire, putting him to the back. And then on the restart, Brandon Shepard got going and took the lead from Alberson on the high side. It ended up being a race-winning pass as Shepard led the rest of the way for the $15,000 score. Tanner English ended up second after starting 12th. Bobby Pierce was third, charging from 17th. Mike Spatola was fourth, and Gordy Gundaker finished fifth. Larson raced his way all the way back to sixth after the flat, and series points leader Jonathan Davenport was seventh after needing a provisional to start the feature. Headed to Farmer City next week, Davenport maintains the points lead with Larson second, Bobby Pierce third, Mike Marlar fourth, and Tanner English in fifth. That Farmer City race is next Tuesday night and pays $10,000 to the winner. Uh, remember the Flow Racing Night in America series is the uh, kind of weekly uh, or, or midweek show series that uh, Michael Rigsby and Ben Shelton and the guys kind of between Flow Racing and Dirt on Dirt are putting on this season. Uh, 10 races for the championship. You have to race in at least seven of them. So This is back rolling again, so we'll certainly uh, stay tuned for more of these races. If you're looking for more racing action this week, the Texas Dirt Nationals are going on now through Saturday at the Dirt Track at Texas Motor Speedway. Ten divisions of cars are part of the event, with things culminating Saturday night with a 50,000 to win super late model race. Through the week, you'll see Outlaw Modifieds, Limited Mods, Factory Stocks, Texas Modifieds, Stock Cars, Eco Mods, Outlaw Street Stocks, Dwarf Cars, Hornets, and those Supers. There's also a 25,000 to win modified show on Friday and a 10,000 to win super late model feature that night as well. Tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday are all qualifying nights with Friday and Saturday being the main event days. This event will feel similar to the Bristol Dirt Nationals that happened at Bristol Motor Speedway back in the spring. The event is available to stream on XR Plus and tickets are still available for the week. It'll be interesting to see the field of late models that ends up racing with the late model Knoxville Nationals happening this weekend. This was that race weekend that Jonathan Davenport actually teased earlier in the season that he might appear at, uh, but I think with where he stands in the Lucas points, I don't think I could really see him ducking out on Knoxville. The streaming links for the event will be available on the Watch Tonight page at dirttracker.com all week. Also tonight, check out the ASCS National Tour at the Clay County Fair Speedway. They are getting in a little midweek racing before the series heads to Lucas Oil Speedway this weekend for the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial. Scott Boguski and Blake Hahn were winners over the weekend at I-80 Speedway, and Hahn uh, was able to stretch out that points lead just a little bit more over Matt Covington and J.J. Hickel. Only eight race nights remain for the ASCS this season, so Covington and Hickel are running out of time to run down Hahn for the championship. There was a bit of event news from yesterday that I'm wondering if most people paid attention to, let alone really understand the ramifications of going forward. Lernerville Speedway announced that in 2022, the Firecracker 100 weekend, which is their traditional big money late model race, will switch from being a World of Outlaws late model series event to being a Lucas Oil late Models uh, dirt series show. The purse is being bumped from the traditional 30,000 to win to now 50,000 to win, and it will happen on its traditional June weekend. This event switching allegiances feels like a big shot in the ongoing battle between the two national late model tours and their parent companies in Lucas Oil and World Racing Group. Lernerville was owned by WRG not all that long ago, and has long been a dirt car sanctioned track. When the Firecracker was created in 2007, it was a World of Outlaws event, and the track was under WRG management at that point, so it's a big deal to see an event that was basically created by World Racing Group switch like this. The track has hosted both the World of Outlaws series plus big dirt car events, and this move feels like it could have big ramifications in what happens at the Pennsylvania track going forward. If the Firecracker is no longer a World of Outlaws late model event, I have a hard time believing that World Racing Group will keep sending the sprint car series there once or twice a year. The Outlaws sanction of events like the Silver Cup and Commonwealth Clash is probably in serious jeopardy. That's not to say that those events won't still happen, as they definitely will, but it will either be as unsanctioned sprint car events or with another series taking uh, taking over. Maybe somebody like the All Stars. As we move forward with schedules for 2022, keep an eye on this situation, as I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll hear about changes to the schedule at Lernerville and the sanction of some of these events. Uh, certainly big news there. Before we close out today, I have a few thoughts to share about track and series announcers. When a track schedules a big series like the Word of Outlaws or Lucas or USAC or insert your favorite big series here, one of the things that usually comes along with that is a series announcer. This is important because it changes the experience of that uh, kind of track from the usual Friday or Saturday uh, Saturday night show and makes those events feel much bigger. You bring in the big time drivers, you've got the corporate sponsor signage, you've got a different voice on the PA and suddenly that series show feels like a big event. When that series announcer is on the mic, it needs to become normalized that the local guys take a back seat. I know we have some great local announcers across the country, and I'm not knocking those guys, but when the Outlaws are on track, for example, I just want to hear Johnny Gibson. There are very few exceptions to this, one I think is someone like Tony Bachhoven at Knoxville, but those exceptions are few and far between. This dual announcer situation that's kind of popped up at a lot of these events starts to turn into a competition for who can talk more and who can say things louder, and becomes distracting to the event. I don't want to hear names get messed up or mistakes made about which guys and which car. Just let the guy who does it every single night take control. It's his show. When the local divisions are on track, then the local guys can take back over. In certain situations, dual com- uh, commentators does work really great, though. James Essex and Dustin Jarrett at Eldora this past weekend is a good example. I also think the, the, the Pat Sullivan and Tony Laporta stuff that we've had with USAC on flow this season has been good as well. And I have no idea how many track or series people listen to or watch my shows, but I would like to see this start to become normalized. Let the series guys just handle their series. There are seven shows on the streaming schedule for today, but that's actually a little deceiving. It's deceiving because three different services are showing that ASCS race at Clay County Fair Speedway. So besides the ASCS on Flow, Race and Boys, and Speed Spore, Dirt Vision has Outlaw Karts at Millbridge. Race and Dirt has the first night of the Wisota 100 from I-94 Speedway and XR Plus has day one from the Texas Dirt Nationals at the Dirt Track at Texas Motor Speedway. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.